0: Good morning, church family. I'm so glad that we're getting to he- be here today to worship our God. We have so many visitors with us this morning, grandparents, grandkids, everyone else. If you're just traveling through and didn't know today was gonna be Legacy Sunday, we are so thankful that you are here. The best reason, the best part of being here is worshiping our God, the creator of all things, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and our guide, the Holy Spirit. We are thankful that you are here today. Let me start by saying we would be reminiscent on this day uh, September the 11th, uh, not to mention and to remember the tragedy that has struck our nation 21 years ago, and we certainly want to be mindful and thankful about that and go to God and be uh, praying for those who have uh, suffered from that in the past and those who continue to deal with that now, uh, just to pray for our nation. Uh, so let's take the time to go ahead and do that as we begin. God, we come to you this, uh, this day that is a, a day of remembrance uh, that many of us, Hopefully most of us will never forget. A day when we recognize the fragility of life, that things that we don't expect and things that we don't account for can happen sometimes, Lord. Lord, please be with those who continue to mourn loss that they may have suffered on that day. And Lord, please be with us and help us to learn the lessons of that day. To come together, to love, to help, to be with our neighbors. Lord, you've commanded us to love our neighbors. Help us to do that whether tragedy has striked us or not. Help us to be who you would have us to be and forgive us for our failures in that. Thank you for your son Jesus who gives us the hope of heaven and we pray that each of us in our own lives and in our own sphere of influence will have the opportunity to reach out to those around us and to point them towards you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. This morning also in 1978, the president, I believe it was Jimmy Carter, signed uh, Grandparents' Day into law. It is a thing that I didn't know about until probably three or four years ago. I'd never heard about it. Of course, you hear about Mother's Day and Father's Day and other types of days like that, family-related days that our nation has taken the time to to point out and to recognize, and we're certainly thankful for that. But until probably certainly the last five years or so, I had never even heard of Grandparents' Day. But apparently, it's been around since uh, 1978. So so I would want to say Happy Grandparents Day to all of you who are grandparents. But I think, and let me just preface this by I have no idea how this is going to go because I didn't prepare anybody for this. I think it would be better if I got some help saying Happy Grandparents Day. So if you are in 12th grade or younger... If you could come up to the front right here, right now, I would greatly appreciate it. If you would come up here and stand on these. If you have little ones and you uh, want to carry your babies up here, moms and dads, you are certainly welcome to. Uh, but let's see these kids. Kids, as you come up, go ahead and stand on the steps. And uh, let's keep it, this is the part that who knows how it's going to happen. Let's keep it relatively quiet. We'll see how this goes. Everybody stand up there. We got plenty of room over here, guys. Plenty of room over there. Plenty of room ov- over over there. There you go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you're in the balcony and you want to come on down, we'll wait for you. They're coming. Hey, it's not chaos so far. I'm going to count this as a success. All right. Come on down, everybody. All right, so on the count of three, guys, once everybody gets down here, we're going to say one, two, three. And I want you to say, Happy Grandparents Day, okay? And then after that, don't move, okay? So everybody just hop in there somewhere, wherever you find a spot, okay? On the count of three, we'll say happy grandparents day all right one more coming come on up bud you got it come on over here yeah right up there buddy there's a perfect spot for you
1: right here hey
0: here you go right here bud boom perfect one more here we go there you go hey all right on the count of three happy grandparents day and then don't move okay don't move all right on the count of three ready one two three man that's awesome good job say stay right where you're at okay i'm gonna give you some more instructions in just a second okay so not only is it grandparents day but it's also legacy sunday and we're asking ourselves the question or wanting a legacy of faith grandparents parents friends brothers and sisters aunts and and uncles we want a legacy of faith It is said many, 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 many studies throughout the last 10 years or so have said that we have a retention rate in church that is across Christianity. uh, And even in our fellowship, the numbers are about the same, perhaps even worse, of somewhere of losing after high school, after these 12th graders graduate, of children who grew up going to church, 50% to 75% of them leaving the faith. Maybe some of them coming back. But I want to show you what that looks like. I want to show you what that looks like. Kids, I'm going to come by you and I'm going to say, go, go, stay. If I say go, when I point to you or touch your shoulder, go sit with your folks. If I say stay, stay where you're at. Okay? Pretty simple. If I say stay, stay where you're at. If I say go, you go sit down. Okay? I don't know how this microphone's going to do in front of the the speaker, so I'm going to point. Okay? Go,
1: go, stay. Can you stay? Yeah, you go. go. Okay, good job. Alright, go, go, stay. Go go stay. Go go stay. Go go stay. Go in the back. Go stay. Go 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 go stay. Uh you stay. You you stay and she'll yeah, you stay. You should go with you. Go, go, stay. 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 Okay, so if I said, if I pointed to you and said go, then you go sit back with your folks, okay? Good job. Go, go, stay. All right. You guys go in. Go, go back. Good job. Go, go, stay. Go, go, stay. Go, go, stay. All right, girls, go, go sit by with your folks, okay? Good job. All three of you. Go sit with your folks. Okay? Uh, go, go. Stay, stay, go, go. All right, good job. Got to get big man.
0: All right, so listen, if, our, if, our, uh, if the numbers say that somewhere between 50% to 75% of our children who grow up going to church leave, this represents two staying, one leaving which what this means is, and this is nothing about any of these children or any of your families, but this is a visual representation of all of those kids that would be there, this many kids out of that group would wander from the faith and maybe never come back. One of my kids is up there. One of your kids might be up there. Two out of three ain't bad. But that's unacceptable, isn't it, church family? Isn't it, church family? Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Thank you. A legacy of faith. A generations-long legacy of God-pleasing faith. I hope the point is, and I hope that you quickly recognize that while two out of three ain't bad, and while we don't always think about it, there are many families in this family who experience children who have wandered away from the faith, many of which have never come back. Other studies have said that only one in eight moms regularly talk to their children about faith, and only one in 20 dads regularly talk to their children about faith. There's no wonder that so many kids wander away from the faith, many of which never come back. Sometimes, parents, we don't do the job that we're supposed to do. In the book of Titus, chapter 2, Paul writing to a, a younger preacher there, and he says to them that the older or the more mature brothers and sisters in Christ are supposed to teach the younger. And they're supposed to do that in order to help them to grow, to mature, and to remain faithful throughout their life. Older Christians, more mature Christians, God has given you the duty to invest in the young people around you so that they will maintain their faith and become and maintain their their Christianity so that they can go to heaven one day. In many places, and maybe even here, we can certainly do better. Why isn't this happening? Why aren't older, more mature Christians investing in younger Christians, even young children? Sometimes I think that, this isn't necessarily true here, but this is generally true of churches today, that there's a kid's table mentality. You've been there, right? Thanksgiving meal, and it's time for everybody to come together in time to eat. Well, where do the kids eat? Well, they don't eat at the adult table, do they? Because you want to have a little bit of peace and quiet. Maybe you have a different kid's table. Maybe even the kid's table is in a different room, just trying to get a little bit of peace and quiet so some adult conversation can happen. You've been there probably. Sometimes we have that kind of mentality in the church. Well, those are the teenagers, or those are the kids, and we certainly want them to, to enjoy each other's company and to grow together and to, to be together. Our children in our Bible classes, we want them to grow together and to be together and to enjoy their time together, but but we fail to recognize that in order for young Christians, less mature Christians, to become more mature Christians, they desperately need more mature Christians' influence. And that won't happen at the kids' table. That won't happen in the youth group by itself. That won't happen in their Bible classes with younger kids simply by themselves. The Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament emphasizes and commands intergenerational relationships, the oldest to the youngest, and the youngest to the oldest. There must be mentoring, loving, and caring, and that's what Titus 2 is all about. Let's think this morning about two different ways that that goes. Older teaching the younger and younger appreciating the older. And it has to go both ways. And not just our oldest and our youngest, but everywhere in between. There has to be this family relationship where we desperately and deeply care about one another. And not only care about if we're here on Sundays or Wednesdays and check the boxes of attendance, but that we care about doing life together and caring about what's going on in each other's life. In Psalm 71 Verses 17 through 19, here's what the psalmist writes about being older. Psalm 71, verses 17 through 19, it says, O God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous works. And even when I am old and gray, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to just this generation, your power to all who are to come. For your righteousness, O oh God, reaches to the heavens. You have done great things, O oh God, who is like you. Notice again the desire of this older psalmist to say, God, even when I'm old, don't cast me off. God, I still want to be useful. God, I still desperately need you. Older Christians, more mature Christians, and whatever that is. And well, listen, when I say older, let's recognize 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 and remember i'm not talking necessarily about an age maybe a maturity level but let's even recognize that during the roman empire in the first century it was expected that you would be dead by the time you were 40 so when people when they're talking about older christians in the new testament they're not talking about 60 year olds 70 year olds 80 year olds they're talking about 30 year olds now, maybe we can say, you know, there's, there's a difference and this is a different time and different life experiences. But if they were expecting people in their 30s to share life experience with younger people, certainly God would expect people in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, their 80s to experience and share that life experience with younger people. It would be foolish for us not to. Younger people, it would be foolish for you not to listen and learn from the experience of those who are older. So he says, don't cast me off when I'm old. God, help me to live long enough to declare your righteousness, your goodness, the blessings that you have given to me to the next generation. And then it was, as Ashton read to us in Psalm 37, verse 25, this, the psalmist said, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. Older Christians more mature Christians, we desperately need your experience and you to share that with us in our lives. If you have your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter 2. Let's read a few passages there in Titus chapter 2. Thinking again about older, teaching the younger, older, investing in the younger, older folks, older Christians, more mature Christians, not just doing it passively, but doing it purposefully. Investing in people who are younger than you, less experienced than you, and who need your help desperately. It talks here about older men and older women. I'll let you decide if that's you or not. Older men and older women. Verses 2 through 4. Titus 2, 2 through 4. Older men, if that's you, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, again I'll let you decide if that's you, likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage young women to love their husbands and to love their children. Listen, some of this describes you Whether we want to admit the age thing or not, I'll I'll go ahead and claim it myself. I'm older than some people. I'm younger than other people. So all of us can say that. Older men, if you're older in some way, Titus, Paul tells Titus, God tells us through this letter, older men, you are to be, we are to be great examples. Great examples. Not good examples. Not okay examples. not, Not bad people. You are to be great examples. For Christians... Who are younger than you. You're to be temperate. You know if this describes you or not. You're not extreme. And you're not quick tempered. With anyone. You're to be dignified. Acting with proper reverence. No matter the occasion. You're to be sensible. That means that you can be reasoned with. And you're willing to listen. Even with people you disagree with. You're to be sound in faith. You're to be solid. And true. A pillar of faith. The church needs you, older men, to be solid and true pillars of the faith. You're to have perseverance. That means you don't give up when things get difficult, and especially for older Christians, you're still picking up that cross every day and following Jesus. You haven't hung it up as a decoration on the wall yet. You're still picking up your cross daily and following after your Lord. He's still your Lord. And then it says you're supposed to love, and let me put it in the simplest way possible. Grandfathers... Fathers, men, but especially grandfathers, you can understand that we are supposed to love like you love your grandchildren. Love like you love your grandchildren unconditionally. No matter what they may say, what they may do, how they may act, grandparents have the opportunity or the, the ability, I guess, to overlook shortcomings of kids maybe better than parents do. Older women, older men, you're to be great examples. Older women, you are to be great influencers. Influencers. You are to, to use your, your time, your talent, your ability to be great influencers. Sometimes we, we think about uh, that, that men are leaders and, and, and women aren't, and that's just simply not the case. Women, you are to be older women, more mature women. Whatever it is, you are to be great influencers. You are to be reverent, handling any situation appropriately you're not to be malicious gossips now that, that's kind of stereotypical that we say that women are gossips maybe but let me let me su- suggest it this way that that speaks to the power of your words ladies maybe even more so than men it speaks to the power of your words don't be malicious gossips instead use your words and the influence that they carry the importance that people hear what you say as moms as grandmoms as sisters Use that wisely, don't give it up. Not enslaved to much wine, not enslaved to anything other than God. Because if you are, you waste your example, you waste that influence. Teach what is good. You've got experience, ladies, that we all need to know about. Encourage young women to love their families and to bring glory to God. Older men, older women, you are to be great examples, great influences. This morning, if you look at your life, are you? Not just to your children, not to just those people who are in your home? But if we're a church family, and we are, are you great examples? Are you great influences to those people who are in this room? What about the younger? What about those of us who are younger than other people? And again, that's most of us in some form or fashion. We're younger than other people. Younger, we need to care for and appreciate those who are older than us. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32 in a, a list of the laws of God that the, the book of Leviticus has and in connection with revering and showing reverence and standing in awe of God, it says that we are to rise up before and honor the gray-headed and the age, aged. Not just because of their age, but again because of their experience and their wisdom. We are to honor those who live honorable lives. In James chapter 1 of the New Testament, it tells us that pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God is this. That you care for orphans and for widows. Many times, those who are older in our culture are overlooked, and we need to make sure that we appreciate them, we honor them, and we care for them. Turn it over to First Timothy, just a couple pages back. First Timothy, chapter five. Let's read verses one and two. First Peter, excuse me. First Timothy. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. How are we to interact with those of us who are younger? How should we interact with the older as we appreciate them and love them and, and, and recognize their value? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters in all purity. It says, Don't sharply rebuke, but rather appeal. Appeal to older men as fathers appeal to older women as mothers again. This idea of appreciation and honor. This congregation, this this church here in Cookeville has uh, this specific congregation uh, with Broad Street before has been here for 150 years. We have a, a long legacy of of Christians being here. And there are many who are here today who, who may be older and they don't get up in front of people in, as much. And, and we may not see them uh, up here on stage or teaching a Bible class, but they have been intricate and, and, and a vital part of the congregation in the past and and are still today. Older folks, you need to realize that. You're still an important part of this congregation today. Younger folks, we need to appreciate them and show them honor. It says appeal. Why do we need to appeal? Especially to men. Because men, again, maybe stereotypically, but but, but there's a reason for that. Men are providers. Men want to provide. They want to take care of. They want to supply what is needed. We need to show appreciation for them. Older men, you still have something to provide. You have needed godly examples. You have wisdom and experience. You need to reprove and admonish and train those who are younger. And yes, that's not the easy thing to do. I, I have had in the past, I have, uh, in, in other places I've been, I've asked people, older, older folks, hey, you know, the teenagers could really use your example. Would you take the time to maybe take some of them out uh, to, to a meal? Would you take the time to, to invest in them in some way? And I've had folks that, that I love and admire as Christians say, I just, I just don't connect with them. I, I just don't feel like I'd have a, an influence on them. Can I promise you one thing? You won't have an influence on anybody you don't try to have an influence on. And God expects you to try. And it's a matter of heaven and hell. Because as many as three-fourths, and as little as 50% of our children will wander away from the faith, and sometimes that's because they don't have other people invested in them. men. Invest in the people around you. Older ladies, appeal to them as mothers. Again, appreciation, honoring the honorable, appealing. Because ladies, you have, and we need to recognize that, that ladies nurture and they care and, and they have compassion. You have something to provide. There is comfort and there is love. And I don't always mean that in, the, in the, uh, the cozy, comfortable way of love. Sometimes, ladies, you are better at tough love than men are. Because again, most of the time I would say, the influence of your words, ladies can maybe even be more powerful than the influence of a man's words because of the nurture the care that you have provided it can be tough love there must be guidance and training look down to verse 5 verse 8 of first Timothy chapter 5 talking about here again this this idea of honoring folks honoring the older it says in verse 8 of first Timothy chapter 5 but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He says those who don't take care of their own, especially those of, their, of his own household, have denied the faith. They, they may be at church every Sunday. They may take of communion every week. They may sing out loudly. But if they don't take care of their own, it's as if they've denied the faith. They've wandered away from Jesus. They're saying, Yes, I'm, they're, they're showing, Yes, I'm dedicated to Jesus. But one of the things that the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and all through it take care of those who are in need. Certainly take care of your own. Now, here's, th- that's true for your family. That's true for your grandparents. That's true for your nuclear family. But I, but I want you to do a, uh, me a favor. If you are a member here at JA, I want you to stop and look around. This is us, this is our family. And if we don't take care of our own, we're worse than an unbeliever. No, it's not the easy thing to do for me to reach out to you or for you to reach out to me or for us to build these vertical relationships. That's not the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to show up on Sundays and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Check the boxes, sing songs, take communion. That's the easy thing to do. But that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to be his people. God has made us his children. God has made us His family. And there is an expectation that we will be there for one another. This is us. This is our family. Younger, care for the older. Older, care for the younger. Not one or the other, but both. Giving and sacrificing. Both older and younger. So that we can have a generations long legacy of God-pleasing faithfulness. Your family, our family, God's family. Do you want other people to invest and care about your kids' faith? Do you want other people to invest and care about your faith? Well, what are you doing to make that happen? It won't happen by accident because the easy thing will happen by accident. And this is not the easy thing. When I was a youth minister, we had a rule that for every trip we went on, we'd have one adult for every five kids. To try and keep the teenagers wrangled as best we could and sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't but let me suggest to you let me encourage you parents especially grandparents as well in this effort that we have to help our children our grandchildren our aunts our uncles our nephews our nieces people just at church what if we tried to purposefully what if we didn't do it accidentally what if we didn't try and do it in, in some sort of surprise ba- way but if, what if we purposefully as individuals and as a congregation tried to have every five adults for every one kid what if every teenager, what if every middle schooler, what if every elementary schooler had five Christian adults at JA who were spiritually invested in them, who would pray for them regularly, who would take them out on meal, to meals, who would take them to the park, who would spend time with them and show them the love of the family of God? My challenge this morning... For those of us who are here all the time, and if you're not here all the time, my challenge for you. Invite each other, older and younger, into your lives. If you're invited into the lives of someone else, accept that invitation. Care, invest, struggle, rejoice with one another. There are already too many lost people in this world for us to lose the ones that are already here. Did you hear me? There are already too many lost people in this world for us to lose the ones that are here but if we don't do it purposefully that is exactly what will happen brothers and sisters friends one day christians followers of jesus will go to heaven and others won't and it'll be that way for eternity The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrected Son of God and if you'll name him as your Lord, meaning you'll do things his way and not your way, then you can have righteousness and salvation. In Romans chapter 10 verse 13 it says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved and we learn that we do that in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 through baptism. This morning I would hope whether you are young or whether you are old, That if you believe that Jesus is the resurrected Son of God. If you're willing to lay yourself aside and to pick up the cross daily because Jesus is your Lord. Then you would be willing now to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. To raise up a new creature and to follow him every day. And I want you to know that if you do, this family will help you. We won't do it perfectly because we're not perfect. But we'll try our best. To help you get to heaven. And we'll expect the same from you. Older men, older women. Younger men, younger women. If you look in your life today. And you see what God has said about our care and concern. Our love and devotion to one another. And you find yourself lacking. Make that right today. You can make it right right this second where where you're sitting. But don't just make it right now. Make it right the rest of your life. Care about, invest, love one another. It's our practice here at jefferson avenue that we're going to sing a song here in just a second we have these front pews open if you have in your life a a shortcoming a need a trial or if you're ready to become a christian this morning we would invite you when we do this to come forward and to, to let that be known And myself and some of our shepherds, our elders, will will be here if needed. and, And we'll surround you and support you now. And again, we'll continue to do that throughout the rest of your life. Whether you're dealing with a struggle or a difficulty, you just want to do better. Or you're ready today to put Christ on in baptism. We would love, there is nothing more that can make this day better than for someone to come back or to come to Christ. If you have any needs, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.